for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Give it up for John Lovett. Welcome to Love It or Leave It, live or else. We're back in Los Angeles. Love this time of the year. You can see the the changing in the foliage. The CNN Plus billboards are becoming Amazon Freebie billboards. It's beautiful. People drive up from Maine to see this. We've got a great show for you this week. QVC sent over their masculinity salesman, and I'm excited to see his wares. Danielle Pinnock and Marcy Jara are here to convince head writer Hallie that she has, in fact, seen a ghost. The culturista himself, Matt Rogers, joins to help decide which of God's adorable creations can go straight to hell. Happy Earth Day, everyone. And some takes are so hot they're worrying climate scientists. But first, let's get into it. What a week. According to the upcoming book, This Will Not Pass, both Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy privately said following the insurrection that they thought Donald Trump was responsible and should be driven out of the White House, but not publicly anymore. Evil in the streets, basic shreds of understanding in the sheets. In the days following the attack, McCarthy reportedly told Republican leaders that he would call on Trump to resign, saying, I've had it with this guy. McCarthy called Trump's actions on January 6th atrocious and wrong and eventually concluded that what he did is unacceptable. Nobody can defend that and nobody should defend that. An absolutely iconic thing to say before defending something for the rest of your life. (laughs) Mitch McConnell even told two advisors that Trump would and should be impeached, saying the Democrats are going to take care of the son of a bitch for us. (laughs) Thank you for believing in us, Mitch. We should see in ourselves what he sees in us. (laughs) In the end, both McConnell and McCarthy backed down after it became clear that the GOP base and most of their colleagues still supported Trump. McConnell told a friend, I didn't get to be leader by voting with five people in the conference. I got to be leader by following. And the one thing I'm not going to do is risk my leadership position by doing whatever the opposite of following is, if there's a name for it. I like that a friend told that the New York Times. It must be hard for Mitch McConnell because the only kind of person who would be his friend is the kind of friend who tells the New York Times what you say in private. <laughs> There's no one outside of the overlap of that Venn diagram. If you're friends with Mitch McConnell, you will fucking knife him to anyone who calls you. But now, hours after... Kevin McCarthy denied the New York Times report revealing that he recommended Trump should resign after January 6th. Audio was played on Rachel Maddow's show tonight by the reporters that reveal that it's exactly what he said. Yeah, I mean, the only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass and it would be my recommendation we should be done. I mean, that would be my take, but I don't think he would take it, but I don't know. Just want to remind everybody what the McCarthy statement said. It said, the New York Times reporting on me is totally false and wrong. It comes as no surprise that corporate media is obsessed with doing everything it can to further a liberal agenda. (laughs) 
You got one thing right in your statement, Kevin. It comes as no surprise. I just also want to add that Kevin McCarthy's spokesman denied that McCarthy recommended Trump should resign, telling both the New York Times and The Hill he did not say that. That's tough for your credibility. But what will Republicans do without credibility? (laughs) Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' war on Disney intensified this week, with state lawmakers passing a bill to strip Disney of its self-governing status over the company's opposition to the Don't Say Gay bill. Walt Disney's head must be spinning in that mini fridge. As awful as their justification is, I'm not sure a corporation should have self-governing status, so I'm giving the story the old world's smallest violin treatment, which does belong to uh, Jiminy Cricket. (laughs) On his podcast, Ted Cruz described the future of woke Disney. Disney stepping in saying, you know, in every episode now they're going to have, you know, (laughs) Mickey and Pluto going at it. Like, (laughs) really? Thank you for that image, Senator. Yeah, but it's just like, come on, guys. Like, like these are kids, and, and you know. Imagine that, Ted Cruz added. The horror of it. Mickey comes home from work, sweat on his brow, his gloves damp. <laughs> Minnie's not home. Out late with Goofy again, probably. And then in come the Fantasia brooms, and down go Mickey's trademark red pants. Ted Cruz went on to say, who by this point was completely nude. Also, I am a bit surprised that Ted Cruz would complain about this. If a dog never fucked a rat, he wouldn't have been born. Speaking of Florida, the state has rejected 54 out of the 132 math textbooks submitted for inclusion in next year's public school curriculum, claiming without evidence that some of them incorporated critical race theory. As far as I'm concerned, there are only two acceptable topics for word problems, said one conservative legislator. Fan boats and nothing. In more awesome news, Michigan State Senator Mallory McMorrow delivered a fiery rebuttal after a Republican colleague accused McMorrow of wanting to groom and sexualize kindergartners in a fundraising email to her constituents. Thank you, Mr. President. I didn't expect to wake up yesterday to the news that the senator from the 22nd District had overnight accused me by name of grooming and sexualizing children in an email fundraising for herself. So I sat on it for a while wondering why me? And then I realized, because I am the biggest threat to your hollow, hateful scheme. Because you can't claim that you are targeting marginalized kids in the name of, quote, parental rights if another parent is standing up to say no. Pundits are pointing to McMorrow's speech as a template for how Dems can respond to conservative constant railing against wokeness and their baseless allegations of grooming against politicians and and gay people and trans people. Personally, I felt like the old strategy of curling up in a fetal position until we bloodlessly intone, anyway, back to the economy, was working pretty good. The Biden administration has directed federal agencies to ensure that construction projects funded by the $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure package are made with materials produced in the U.S. In exciting news, the first bridge will be constructed from losing lottery tickets, microplastics, and the little sleeves that come with Hot Pockets. (laughs) On Tuesday, Delta, American, and Southwest announced their decision to drop their mask mandate for passengers. What this means in practice is now, if you want to catch or transmit COVID during a flight, you're no longer required to open a little bag of pretzels. A number of videos showed pilots announcing the end of the mandate mid-flight as cheering passengers ripped off their masks. You know what people love? 
when they're trapped in a metal tube hurtling through the air at 500 miles per hour? Surprises. <laughs> there are only two appropriate times to clap on a plane, a safe landing in Jerusalem and at the end of Free Guy. <laughs> Which it's time we all faced was better than we thought it was going to be. Can we at least have a conversation about how Free Guy was better than we thought it was going to be? It's time we face it. <laughs> Don't applaud that. Applaud backstage if you watched it twice on this most recent trip. Oh. <laughs> Netflix's stock plummeted after they admitted they lost 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of 2022 instead of adding 2 million as they predicted. The company's stock fell further after Netflix discovered that another 100,000 of the subscribers were actually just cakes. The FDA has launched an investigation into whether Lucky Charms is poisoning people after receiving more than 100 reports this year that the cereal caused nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. One potential cause, eating marshmallows for breakfast. <laughs> Shut that whole aisle down. Lucky Charms has always been pretty open about this, though. That's why the cartoon leprechaun says, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. They're always after me, Lucky Charms. <laughs> A Florida man saw Spider-Man No Way Home 292 times in theaters with no bathroom breaks in order to reclaim the Guinness World Record, more like Spider-Man No Wife at Home. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Rudy Giuliani was unmasked on this week's episode of The Masked Singer where he sang Bad to the Bone while being wheeled on stage in a jack-in-the-box costume. Before I met you, I'm done. I'll break a thousand more babies. Before I am through, I want to be yours, pretty baby. Yours and yours alone. I'm here to tell you, honey, that I'm bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. Bad. How do you make Black Mirror after this? <laughs> how do you show, how do you do it? <laughs> I don't think you can. Uh, Giuliani wasn't actually supposed to appear on the show. His clown box just took a wrong turn off the five and rolled onto the back lot. When asked about the significance of his costume, Giuliani said, Jack in the Box? Sure I did. Couldn't help myself. <laughs> Upon being unmasked, Nicole Scherzinger asked if Giuliani was the actor Robert Duvall. <laughs> to which Ken Jong said, that's not Robert Duvall. <laughs> Nicole, sweetie, this is an apocalypse now. This is the apocalypse. <laughs> Coming to Netflix next year, is it Cake or Robert Duvall? <laughs> and finally, the Hubble Space Telescope has confirmed the discovery of the largest comet ever detected. It's more than twice the width of Rhode Island with a mass of 500 trillion tons. It's so massive that scientists initially mistook it for your mom. When we, <laughs> when we come back, spooky, scary ghost stories. Ooh. And we're back. <laughs> Joining us tonight is the amazing Marcy Jaro, co-host of the Paranormal Podcast, A Funny Feeling with Betsy Sodaro, and the phenomenal Danielle Pinnock, star of CBS's Ghost. So I thought, why not use this opportunity to finally settle the century-long debate? <laughs> century-long debate. Are ghosts real? <laughs> Please welcome to the stage Marcy Jaro and Danielle Pinnock. All right, let's start. Let's, let's get down to brass tacks here. Where are we on the concept of ghosts? They are real. Okay. They are probably here. 
It's a theater. All theaters are haunted. Mm-hmm. Desperate people. <laughs> Danielle? <laughs> They're real. In the, real time. In real time. And you're on Ghosts. I am. I'm on Ghosts. And those are actors. Oh, um, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marcy, you seem confident. What are they exactly? That is debatable. It could be that some part of your essence is left behind, or it could be timelines that are bleeding into each other, so that we all are existing at the same time, and all of our lives are happening at once, and sometimes it fades into the now for us. But what is now for us? Clocks, right? <laughs> Clocks. How do they work? Nobody knows. Danielle. Now, have you thought much about Marcy's theory of overlapping timelines as the origins of ghosts? I mean, that was very biblical, and shout out to you, sis. I, I mean... Did, I didn't come uh, up with it. I like to think of ghosts as, like, Caspers, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're friendly. Yeah, they're nice. Yeah, you know, why not? And, you know, maybe they look like people, maybe they don't, but I think they're chilling at Ralph's right now. You know? Smelling food and wishing they could have that day old pot pie. Uh, the other day, I forgot my wallet, uh, and I was out of Ralph's. <laughs> and uh, they don't take Apple Pay at Ralph's. <laughs> It'd be cool if they were haunted about that until it changed. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> Danielle, follow-up question. By the way, you're dodging questions, and I see it. This is a hard-hitting <laughs> interview. If ghosts exist, would a business like the Ghostbusters be unethical? Listen, the way cancel culture is set up, I mean, <laughs> they might yeah, take I've, a hit. Look, here's the thing, all right? I think it's all time we face the fact that the Ghostbusters canceled the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> all right? Cancel culture has come for Slimer. <laughs> Gozer the Gozerian is just speaking her truth. Or is putting them in that chamber just like a prison industrial complex for ghosts? Oh, see. That's a great question. That's a great question nobody is asking. I did answer it. Right, like what is it, Guantanamo down there? There's no trial, there's no there's no chance of release. And just because you didn't like it in a place that you temporary are at, like that's not your place, that was their place once. Then what is any of this? Listen, as long as the judge is Steve Harvey, that's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the most important thing. And I, think, and I think that's what we can all agree on. I don't think ghosts are real. Okay. I'm going to uh, tell you that doesn't surprise me. Well, <laughs> I just heard it. And, and why is that? Uh, because you are smart. Uh, and, and you lead with that. And not to say that we are not smart. Yeah. I think we're smart. But when you lead with intelligence, sometimes your brain closes itself off to things it doesn't know. And you can't know about ghosts. So Counterpoint. <laughs> I'm not as smart as I was before I found edibles. <laughs> second, second point, where I think you're right is I do think there's a lot of people who are smart and lead with smart that therefore kind of wear their like materialist atheism. If it can't be measured, it can't be real on their sleeves. But then you galaxy brain it and you realize that that's pretty dumb. And I don't believe okay. in a purely materialist explanation for the world around us. And I am open to a vast thing (laughs) i don't believe in ghosts but i don't believe in a materialist explanation for the world around us in the same way that i'm open to the possibility that we live in a simulation but not the idea that it's a simulation where we can wake up and walk around in a world that looks like ours because my view is of the things we cannot understand are so beyond our ken that the efforts we go to describe what we see 
describing things we can't explain as a ghost, as a, a formerly alive person wandering the world, is a way of making sense of an incomprehensible universe that doesn't care what we think or what we do, and that knows we cannot understand it with our primitive little fucking rods and cones and, and parallel processing brain that tries to tell a story because a long time ago was a better way to explain things to each other because some people were eating the seeds that killed them and we didn't know how to stop it, you know? I gotta say, I really feel like I hit the nail on the head with you, though. (laughs) I mean, that's it hot out here? That was good. (laughs) I needed that sermon for Easter, okay? That was it. Have you heard the good news? (laughs) Have you heard the good news? Nothing matters. (laughs) All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Hallie. (laughs) Hallie Keeper, head writer of Love It or Leave It. Hallie, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'll just flag, you have been Dick Cheney-ing Love It or Leave It for a while, which oh, is, who's the perfect guest? I found them. So, as someone who does not believe in ghosts... I don't. Tell us, to the best of your ability, what you recall about your run-in with a ghost. Okay. I was staying at my then a sort of boyfriend. We were headed there. We're, we're, we're together now. It was the first time... You know, you know what I mean? Like... Well, oh, oh, no, I'm already on stage. It was going to be the first time we were ever asleep together, right? So, so go to expectations high, you know? And he was house-sitting for a friend who was, you know, he lives in a very, one of those beautiful Spanish houses in Los Feliz, like, gorgeous, you know? So I was like, okay, and we're staying in the guest room, right? And I just want to say, I, I don't believe in ghosts, but this is the experience I had, and then we could, we could unpack it. So we go to sleep. And the house did have, to me, as someone who is not, I was living in New York at the time, I sort of a, a Manson family vibe. You know what I mean? It was, there's nothing like it in New York. You know what I mean? It's not like you're in somebody's apartment. Like, you're in a home that, and so I'm like, maybe I'm already, like, conjuring this. So I wake up in the dead of night, and I start to get up. And I, I don't know about you. If I'm if waking, I'm going to go to the bathroom, even if I don't have to. It's like, I've got something to do. You know, I'm up at three in the morning. And I start to stand up, and immediately feel hands and faces pressing into the top of my body. And so, of course, I, like, jerk back down. And it feels like there are multiple hands and, multiple, like, a face pressed against my body. Mm. A nose? nose? Like, I could tell it was mm. a human face pressing into my body. Mm. So I did what you do, which is I rolled onto my side. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, if I can't sit up, I don't know what the hell you do in that situation. And this is why I'm like, it was probably a dream, but also in the dream, I was laying in bed in the room I was in, which again, I'd never been to before. And I'm looking at the door to the hallway. And in my mind, I know that there's a woman in the hallway. And I am terrified. My brain doesn't fill in any other details, but it's just like the woman in the hallway is out there. So then I, I fully wake up and I turn on the light. And my now boyfriend, Dave, is, is rolled away from me. And he goes to turn over, obviously waking up, and I said, please do not turn towards me. Because even while awake, I had this paralyzing fear, which I've never had before, that he wouldn't have a face. And I was so terrified. And I think the reason we're together is he was like, not a problem. You know, we'll just talk. Sure. Okay. (laughs) Like, we'll just talk like this, you know. And eventually I calmed down, and I... um, my fear was that genuinely, like, I again, I don't believe in ghosts, but I was like, what if I, like, heard a window break or, like, my brain is picking up on something while I'm asleep and is, like, sending it to me. Like, a, I don't know how to tell you this in, like, the straightaway way. So, like, going to cause a horrible night terror or whatever. 
And then, not to bring up my menses, John, but I did then, I went to the bathroom and I had just started my period, which again, I'm like, was it hormonal or whatever? And so in the morning, I was like, that was crazy, wasn't it? And Dave's like, yeah, that was bizarre. He had no experiences like that. He stays there a couple more days. I go back to New York and he goes to sign the guest book because that's the kind of place it is. It's like a place with a guest book. All of the entries are like, say hi to the woman in the hallway for me. Do you know there's a ghost of a woman in your hallway? Ha ha, enjoy living with the woman in the hallway. And I, and oh I want to be god. honest. Oh my god. Oh my god. And, and I mean this genuinely. And again, I don't think this is necessarily, I'm not saying this is evidence of ghosts. I'm saying I did not know that. I had not, like, I don't know anything about the house. It's just such a specific thing to be like the woman in the hallway. So I don't know. Uh, open a description. Uh, so I, I should and, if you, and John, if you need to know more about my menses, please let me know. Yeah, let's start there. Okay. Let's start with your menses. I was, yes. No, uh, first of all, I just want everyone to understand, I am hearing this story for the first time yes, on yeah, this stage. I have never, never yeah. heard this. I am gobsmacked. Danielle, take us away. First of all, I'm shooketh. <laughs> um, and also, I was kind of curious to see what the ghost's name was. Like... You know, pressing against your face sounds like a Laverne to me. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> Laverne, get off my face! <laughs> yeah, she's going to be coy about it. She's not going to be straightforward. She's like, you'll yeah. get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, my ghost story, my goodness. So my mom, she's a single mom, and she was like, it's time to get out your grandmother's house because we've been living in the Radisson for too long, right? So she was like, we're going to go look for houses. So she went on Craigslist, horrible place to find a house, and um, got into this place, and it was a bunch of people looking. And all of a sudden, the lady was like, here, and here's a living room. And this lady from the way back, who sounded like Maya Angelou, was like, does anybody hear that piano? And we were like, the fuck? I was like, sis, it's no furniture in here. What you talking about piano? There's a piano playing. Does anybody hear it? And so <laughs> my mom was like, what? And the realtor was like, you know, we didn't want to disclose this, but, oh. you know, a little girl did die in this house. And she was like a masterful piano player. And I was like, I think this is the house for us. <laughs> this house got character. Let's do it. <laughs> Explain that, huh? You yeah, know? I'm... Sorry, I'm I'm frankly reeling. <laughs> How are your rods and cones? <laughs> Marcy, you have the floor. <clears throat> this was really hard for me because I have more than one. So I used to live in a little apartment on Beechwood Drive. Ever heard of it? It's underneath the Hollywood sign. Um... <laughs> And I had a roommate who was an actress, but she was engaged to someone who lived in San Francisco, so she mostly stayed with him, so I was there alone a lot. I think it was like the second month I was there, I had just been out of town with some friends where we were like staying in some cabins in the woods and just, you know, having one of those drinking weekends where you're just messing around with each other all weekend and, and you know, and you're in the woods. Let's try to kill each other. So I had just come back from that. I just want you to know that we don't know what one of those Everyone weekends does. is. Every- Everyone else does. Everyone else does. Uh, everyone, you got, you got it. Anyway, I just would have been around. It was improv people. That's what I'm saying. Got they had it. been fucking with each other. So I was asleep. You know when you wake up to radio, how it's like a soft wake up, right? Mm-hmm. I started to slowly wake up to the sound of someone speaking Spanish at what sounded like was the foot of my bed. 
Now, I don't know Spanish, but I know it enough to understand what I, that I'm hearing Spanish, right? Like, I immediately, my brain go to, that's one of the guys. That's one of the guys messing with us, you know? And I try to say, shut up, but I'm paralyzed with sleep. So I go, Pup. and I was like, that's very funny. And I started giggling. And when I started giggling, I felt the pressure you know the, at the fair, those machines that spin around and push you against the wall? Gravitron. Gravitron. Thank you. I, I felt that pressure pushing me into the bed. Pushing me into the bed. So I, in my brain, I, like, I was like, oh, 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 my God. So I like put my head into the pillow, and I thought, fight or flight. And then I just sat up and screamed, hey, like as loud as I could. And then the air, the atmosphere changed. And I was like, oh, my God, what was that? And so I like jump out of bed. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. I call my mom in Louisiana. That's a part of why I'm very haunted, because mm-hmm. I'm from Louisiana. And she answers the phone at 7 a.m. She's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I told her the story. And she's like, you got to get a priest. You got to get holy water. And I was like, I think it's okay. Like I said, hello. I said, Hey, and it went away. <laughs> Fast forward to that night. I come back in from work and I'm very tired. Cause I woke up at 5 AM. I have an iPhone. It's like 35%. I'm plugging it in. And I just happened to say out loud, you better not wake me up tonight. I didn't thought good. But when I woke up in the morning, sun was coming in really bright. And I was like, Oh my God, did I oversleep? My iPhone was turned off. And when I turned it on, it was a hundred percent charged. And that doesn't happen with iPhones, right? Mm. Like when you, when, even if they die, you plug it in, they restart. Right. So, okay. Maybe that's not him. Maybe he's not mad at me. Cause I told him to shut up. I'm with you until you think the ghost turned off your iPhone. <laughs> because I told him not to wake me up. Right, so he right, was like, right. I'll make sure you don't wake up. You're a bitch. You know? <laughs> Got it, got it. But in Spanish, he said it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So fast forward a few months. I have a friend stay with me, and he's sleeping in the living room. And one night, I just have a feeling, I was like, oh, the man is back at the foot of my bed. But it doesn't, I don't really do anything about it. And then a few days later, my friend is like, hey, something really weird happened. I tried to go into your room, and someone was in your room. And I was like... The man was back. He's like, no, it was a real person. I was like, no, it was a ghost. He's like, I don't believe in ghosts. I was like, well, you, why are you crying about a person? Like, what's happening then? Fast forward in. Okay, so I'm moving out. And my friends John and Nicole are moving in. They move in there. And John and I overlapped a little bit. And I remember telling him, I was like, this place is haunted. And he's like, no, it's not. I was like, don't you wake up with the cabinets open every morning? And he's like, I don't That could be. I, I thought it was earthquakes because I was new to L.A. So I don't understand how earthquakes <laughs> yeah, work. Yeah. I was all- like, every night you have a little earthquake and your open- cabinets open up. open up. They open up the cabinets. <laughs> Classic. So uh, he's like, no, it's not haunted. So I move out, and then my friend Nicole has an experience where she said she saw a man standing in the living room, like with his arms folded, shaking his head at her. And she just was like, nope, 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 and went back to bed. And then John was like, it's not haunted, but yes, I do wake up with my door locked sometimes, and I've had a water glass fly off. And then they also one night were staying up late, and they were laughing about something, and they heard someone clap in the other room. They moved out. Another friend of ours moved in. It's a very affordable place, guys. Um, <laughs> and I was like, is it haunted? He said, no. But you know what? My roommate does see shadow people. Can I? Uh, here's something I've noticed. You have a lot of people in your life that discover men standing near you <laughs> in the night and take no action. <laughs> and I think that's alarming. I and took something action. to be worried about. I said, Hey, yeah, I did, no. that's, what you, I, that's what you do in self-defense. I learned that. Hey. <laughs> you turn, you hey. face and go, hey. 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 Uh, but what do you do when you know that's not a real thing? How do you like, fight a ghost? How do you yeah. fight a ghost? It's an like age-old question. 
question as old as time itself. How do you fight a ghost? Your fists go right through them, famously. <laughs> Just come out with a little bit of ectoplasm. <laughs> That's the challenge, you know? Sometimes they go through you, sometimes they don't. When? What are the rules? We don't know. Hallie. Mm-hmm. You full of shit? No, honestly. But it's hard. That's the problem with every ghost story is that, like, no. You know what I mean? But I, do I understand exactly what happened? No. You were overcome with a sensation that there was a woman in the hallway. You had this experience of hands and a face pressing down on your chest. Mm-hmm. You thought Dave had no face. Yeah. And he does. And he does. He does. That's an and important point. And continues to have a face. Yes. And then in the book when you left, it said there's a ghost, basically, in line yeah. after line in this guest book. There's a female ghost. A female ghost. And there's no way that you had heard about it the night before, that it was no. a little bit in there, in your mind. I mean, I guess like, it's like, if I don't remember it, how would I know? But no. Does that make sense? So what I'm was like, your no. reaction when you saw that in the guest book? Um, what kind of over... <gasps> <laughs> oh! <laughs> I mean, like, what are you... Oh, no! You know, like... Because, and that's that's the problem I have, not the problem I have with ghosts, like whatever, but hey, they got to do what they got to do. And here are my things about, here's why I don't believe in ghosts. And I think this is the truth. It's like, there's so many uncomfortable questions that are unanswered, such as, oh no, could I become a ghost? And then I have to do this kind of stuff? That sucks. <laughs> and then fighting a ghost, it's like, if something could physically push me down, how would that happen? There's a level of discomfort I have with even the question. But also, I, I don't think they're real. It had to be something else. Well, what was it? My menses. <laughs> Danielle, do you believe it was Hallie's menses? No, it was Laverne. Without question, Laverne pushed you. I think you're like uh-huh. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and whenever uh, she's getting her period, she can tell the vampires are around, and that's Ooh. how you are with ghosts. Sell it to Fox. Mm. Sell it to Fox. <laughs> Sell it to Fox. <laughs> They're buying. Copyright, copyright. Copyright that down. Oh, so really my only point of it is a family lives there, and they've never experienced it. It's the people who stay there temporarily. They, like, they experience it. The people who live there don't. Because she's like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, if it is a woman, maybe she was just trying to wake me up so I didn't like bleed all over the sheets. It was actually very uh. considerate of her. <laughs> you know what I mean? She was trying to like, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll put my face and my hands on her. I don't know how to wake her up. Yeah, I can't she motorboated speak. you? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> last, last question for Danielle. Uh, do any of your friends have a home with a guest book that you sign <laughs> when you leave? Unprecedented. No, not in my hood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much to Marcy and Danielle and Hallie. Go listen to Marcy on one of her podcasts. Check out The Lost City. Catch Danielle on Ghost on CBS. Give it up for her. They'll be back later. I give it up for Hallie, who didn't see a ghost. She didn't. When we come back, we tan those pasty balls of yours. Ew. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode 
episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. And we're back! This week, the internet was captivated by a trailer for Tucker Carlson's new documentary, The End of Men, about the decline of masculinity in America and how to fix it by nuking your balls. Let's take a look. There's somebody nuking their balls. Now someone hot is moving a tire. You're in hard time. Oh, it's enough. It's enough. (laughs) As you can imagine, we had a few follow-up questions, so we invited a masculinity expert to help us make sense of it. He's the aggressively heterosexual host of Raw Facts on Our America News. Please welcome to the stage, Brad Turbo. (laughs) Brad Turbo. Yeah, sure. Elbow elbow bump from Brad Turbo. Thank you so much for having me, John. I'm fucking rock hard to be here. (laughs) Okay. Brad, you've built a career out of helping men feel more masculine. Yeah, well, let me stop you right there, John. Okay? It's got nothing to do with feelings, all right? Men don't feel. We respond to external stimuli with rational problem-solving and or guns. So then I'd love to get your response to this special and the goop-style influx of products to make men more manly. Do you believe any of this stuff works? Yeah, not only do I believe in them, John, I sell them myself on my new QVC show, Men Also Be Shopping. The items I offer on Men Also Be Shopping will make you more of a man or your money back. Absolutely no returns. Brad, come on. Isn't this all hokum? A baloney? Balderdash? I mean, in your time in the field, have you ever come across testicles tanning as a treatment to raise testosterone? Of course, John! I was an early adopter to red light therapy. You should see my balls these days. They're like an old sea captain who's never owned a hat. (laughs) Oh, God. And that's good to oh, you? Oh, yeah, that's what you want. <laughs> that's what you want. That's what you want. You want to take a gander? No, no, I appreciate it, but maybe later. Even if you yourself... I mean, maybe. No, later. Open later, invitation. Later, later. Open invitation not, to gander. Surprisingly open to it. Let's keep moving. Even if you yourself use them, you have to admit how goofy these products seem to the average person. Even Tucker admits as much when he interviews fitness guru Andrew McGovern for a special, The Science of a Tan Testy. Is shaky at best. Yeah, but bromeopathic medicine no, goes right. way beyond <laughs> testicle tanning, John, all right? I've boosted my testosterone levels by injecting myself with mud, going on a raw steak cleanse, <laughs> slamming my dick in the door of my Ford 450F on purpose. You know the fucking drill. But you got to be really manly to call it a 450F. <laughs> I've never heard someone... I don't color in the lines, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's really manly. Uh, just to be clear, <laughs> you believe that <laughs> you believe that masculinity mm. is a function of your hormone levels, wow. and that it's not only safe but advisable to alter your own hormone levers mm. to better reflect your inner manliness. Sure, what are you getting at, dude? Nothing at all. Mm. Brad, I understand you brought a few of your favorite masculinity-boosting products to show us today. Even after our producers begged you not to. What have you got for us? John, I've got some items here 
That'll give you chest hair so luxurious your beautiful, thick wife could knit a cardigan out of it. <laughs> hey, sweetheart, could you bring me my bag? How do you open this shit? All right. It's a gorgeous purse. <clears throat> what, this? This is a hunter's expedition sack made of military-grade leather oh, with see. tactical inner pockets tactical. to hold your knives and elk jerky, okay? You think the average lady has enough knives to fill this bad boy? I think we hang out with different women, but, uh, but it's clearly not a purse. I apologize. Yeah, real men don't apologize, John, but I'd be happy to settle this via arm wrestling. I'm not going to arm wrestle you. How about leg wrestling? No. How about torso wrestling? I'll warn you now, it does look a lot like Zumba, and it's a lot of fun. Just, sh just show us your tchotchkes, you bargain bin Jordan Peterson. All right, you're right. We can do a push-up contest later. Maybe after a cocktail? <laughs> nah? Okay, maybe. All right. All right. Well, up first, you're going to love this. I'm stoked to present our best-selling Predator Paint. So dozens of QVC-funded studies have proven it can boost the wearer's dominance in social, professional, and post-apocalyptic settings. Brad, I have to tell you, if I'm being honest, that does look like eyeshadow. You couldn't be further off the mark, John, okay? At, at just $79.95, Predator Paint has been scientifically formulated to mimic the threatening colors of the world's most... <laughs> You got thick cards here. Yeah, I love they're, it. They're, they're thick cards. Of the world's most thick, poisonous animals. Very okay? poisonous. Triggering a fear response in the beta cucks around you. So. so it's wildly expensive eyeshadow. Got it? With all due respect, John, and I say this with all due respect for you. I feel your show, it. You're what's wrong with America specifically. Oh, that's tough to hear. You've been so fucking brainwashed by the femstream media. <gasps> That you wouldn't recognize masculinity if it dick slapped you in the face. Maybe after a cocktail? <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Introducing the Tundra Blast Biohack Assault Garment. All right, that's, that's a fun skirt. I mean, that's just a fun skirt. What? I like that, actually. No. I think so. Only to the feeble liberal eye, John. The assault garment is designed to maximize the airflow around the wearer's testicles, all right? Mm. Improving sperm counts and promoting better testosterone circulation, okay? If a woman tried to put this on, she'd certainly die. <laughs> it's also available in camo, American flag, and, oh, blood spatter. I'm not sure testosterone circulates, but listen, I'm all in favor of men wearing skirts. But wouldn't it be easier to drop this gross hypermasculine facade and just sell men some skirts? Hey, can I let you in on a little secret, John? Okay. When I step onto the set of Men Also Be Shopping, <laughs> which is aesthetically a cross between a hunting lodge and the bunker where Hitler shot himself, I'm using air quotes. <laughs> not sure why. Okay. <laughs> Don't. I'm not just there mm -hmm. to sell products. Okay. I'm not. I'm selling the truth. And the truth is that our society is crumbling. It's falling apart faster than a Nature Valley bar in a lesbian's fanny pack. Wow. That's, that's and crumbling. And it'll, it'll keep on crumbling, too, John. Mm -hmm. Unless the straight and just as importantly white <laughs> men of this country nut up and fucking defend it. 
you know, they kind of wanted to applaud. Is that what you really believe, Brad? Oh, oh God, no. I don't believe in anything. I just know that scared people watch more TV and buy more shit. You know what oh. I mean? Like this handy little bottle of Dr. Benny's Rattlesnake Jizz. It's an on-the-go inhaler, and it's in my bag. It's in there. You got to really get in there. Get yeah, in that, this, that tactical bag You know, there. this tactical bag, you know, it's in here, John. It's definitely in there. It's somewhere in there for sure. It's a tactical bag. It's, it's in, in the, the pouch. pouch. It's my, obviously in the pouch. My fucking wife says. His <laughs> <laughs> fucking wife said it's in the pouch. Did yeah, he, so he it's, got the, it. it's an on-the-go inhalant. Uh Every alpha male needs to keep his blood vessels dilated and his pheromone game real strong. So there it is. All right, Brad Turbo. You and I both know that's a bottle of poppers. And and Brad, even you can't deny how insidious this all is. You're selling the idea that society needs strength from angry men to restore order. Aren't you at all concerned about what a lonely, desperate, confused person might do. Okay, can I say something? I bullied all the concern out of my body years ago, John. All right? I aimed a crossbow at my own head and told the weakness to get the fuck out! Of course you did. Yeah. So besides, what's there to worry about? Okay? Men enforced traditional gender roles for thousands of years, and as far as I know, nobody got hurt. Nobody. Nobody got hurt. Brad, you chiseled moron. Thank you. Thank you for for being here. Before you go... (laughs) Where can anyone with a crippling shopping addiction buy the items you've shown us today? You can tune in to my QVC show every Saturday morning at 3 a.m. Eastern. And folks can also find me in the parking lot after the show. I have no one to go home to, and basically no one in my life can stand me. So I'll be out there for a while. Does anyone want to hang out and watch me bench press this homo's Tesla? Maybe after a cocktail? (laughs) Maybe after a cocktail. Brad Turbo, everybody. Hey! The skirts are dry clean only! Give it up for Matt Rogers. When we come back, it's time we mark Earth Day the way it was meant to be commemorated, by choosing which animals live or die. And we're back! Friday is Earth Day, and in celebration, we're inviting our guests back to the stage to play a game called One's Gotta Go. Please welcome back Marcy, Danielle, and Matt. Come on back, everybody. Sorry, let me clear this. Uh, Brad Turbo left his purse. Who was here? (laughs) He sounds hot. Now, I was torn between having us make a bird feeder out of a milk carton or cutting up those six-pack holders or upcycling old newspapers into paper mache Earth Day crafts. So instead, we're going to personally ask you to pick which of these endangered or vulnerable animals have to go. Much like the fate of the planet itself, their lives are entirely in your hand. Here are the first three. We have monarch butterflies, which exhibit the most highly evolved migration pattern of any known species. They travel between 1,200 and 2,800 miles or more every year to hibernate in the mountain forests of central Mexico. Plus, if they didn't exist, what would Crazy Town have named their best song after? (laughs) Octopi can use simple tools, problem solve, and have the capacity for mischief. Studies suggest they're smarter than dogs, which means an octopus could absolutely trick me into opening my office door 5,000 times a day. 
That's a very specific reference. You see, I bring my dog to the office, and she has the run of the place, and everybody has to get up and down, letting Pundit in and out of meetings. It's part of the charm of working at Crooked Media and returning to the office in a hybrid form where people get to have some of the benefits of work from home, while some of the advantages of in-person collaboration and all the personal and, and convivial aspects that go along with being together in an office. Thank you for making it more broad and inviting for the, for the audience. Now I feel like we're more involved. Yeah, I, I think so. I definitely think they didn't lose me 30 seconds ago. So we have the monarch butterfly. We have the octopus. In 2006, a giant tortoise named Harriet died at the estimated age of 176. She was believed to have been collected by Charles Darwin himself in 1835. Harriet loved humans, and her favorite food was hibiscus flowers. Now picture of all of Harriet's friends, just a group of old, wrinkly grandma tortoises. One must go extinct. We have the monarch butterfly, we have the octopus, we have the giant tortoise. One will be gone from the planet forever. I have an instinct. <laughs> okay. Okay, so here's the thing about butterflies. You've seen the movie Clueless, full-on Monet. From far away, we're mesmerized. Up close, it's a fucking bug. It is a bug. And disgusting and fully a bug. And it's a bug that actually flies, which I feel like is like a skill we shouldn't be giving them. Wow. Also, like, Mariah Carey photographed them enough in her like early album art. So I feel like we've seen it, we've been there. The octopus I don't feel comfortable killing because it probably has a higher IQ than anyone on this stage. Wow. So uh, my instinct is the monarch. Marcy? Well, if I have to, it's going to be the octopus. And here's why. He has no effect on my life. I will never meet him. I will not miss him. You could show me videos of octopi, and I'd be like, that's a new octopus. I would never know. It, it does not affect us. And honestly, it doesn't make sense that we would kill it, but they are, uh, yeah, it doesn't affect me. The other ones I might run into and miss. He could be your teacher. <laughs> I think that man should have left it alone. Yeah, I agree too. I think he should stay up on the land where he lives. That's a, that's a story of a narcissist who can hold his breath. <laughs> okay. Okay. Danielle, thoughts? Process of elimination. Okay, I'm going to keep um, my good sis Harriet the Turtle because of Harriet Tubman. <laughs> You know, sure. Harriet Tubman went through a lot. She did, famously. You know, great American hero. Mm -hmm. uh, the Butterfly, mm, Mariah Carey had some hits on that album. For sure. She, I mean, it was inspiring, but it also, it's done. It's the 90s. And you know, they do say that butterflies are like people from the afterlife, low key. Have you heard that Who before? Says that? I mean, some old She's black so people, high. but they say it. <laughs> All black people, they be like, you know, that's your grandfather. <laughs> Do you want to tell the old black people they're wrong, Matt? No, I'm going to well, say Matt, okay. Matt, what, All what, right. a, what, about, what about Danielle's lived experience? Do you think you get the right to judge? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm not okay. high enough to answer that. <laughs> octopus without question exits. Two to one. The octopus is fucking go extinct on, go and on. gone from the face to the Sorry, earth. Sorry, even with that documentary, gone. Yeah, especially with that documentary. Mm -hmm. Next mm -hmm. up. Wow, this is fucked up. <laughs> we have, uh, due to its small size for a porpoise and the dark circles oh. around its eyes, the vaquita's name means little cow in Spanish, but I wouldn't eat it in a burger, would I? <laughs> Next up, we have the African wild dog. These hilarious round ears that make it look like it's wearing a Mickey Mouse hat. It probably has some other, in other interesting qualities, but look at these guys. Adorable. The male Amur leopard sometimes stays with females after mating, even helping rear their young, really leaning in on that sometimes. <laughs> the males do. So adorable, so fascinating. 
this beautiful vaquita, the African wild dog, the Amur leopard, one of them is going to be extinct because these are all endangered. And you're going to pick which one is fucking dead forever. Okay, well, first of all, I want to say coming to the stage, vaquita. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So she stays gagging for the Mickey dogs. Mm -hmm. The thing about the leopard is it's, like, so cute, but that thing would kill you if it got even a little bit bigger. And it has, and it will, and it does. I got bad news about the African dogs, then. (laughs) Damn. You think they would come for me, too? Yes, they're one of the most dangerous animals. They kill people a lot. So are you going to say the dogs? No, I like that about them. (laughs) (laughs) Danielle, what do you think? Um, okay, Marquita, is it, or Valita? Vaquita. Vaquita. It means little cow, little okay, cow. listen, we're keeping my good sis there. Um, okay, the leopard. Now, if I run into that leopard at Ralph's, I'm, it's going to be a situation extinct. Go on, wow, go on, but not forgotten. Right. Everybody agreed? I guess we kill that leopard. Leopard's gone. Look, from I don't the want face to do, I don't want to kill any of them, guys. I'd rather yeah. us all die. This Why is, don't we do that? I have to say, you're making some terrible choices as a group. I just want to say that I don't agree with anything that you're doing. Well, why don't you speak up and say what you think? I'm being a kind host. Next up. (laughs) Finally, we have our most easily anthropomorphized round. Let's see these almost people. (laughs) Bonobos and chimpanzees are humans' closest living relatives, sharing 98.7% of their DNA with us. That remaining 1.3% is the part that compels humans to buy Supreme and follow Elon Musk on Twitter. (laughs) Blue whales are the biggest animals that have ever existed, including dinosaurs. The major blood vessel of a blue whale's heart is so big, a human baby could crawl through it. Though, personally, I wouldn't let it. <laughs> it does not seem safe. And finally, Asian elephants oh, yeah, are yeah. very gentle and social, with related females raising their young together in a herd. They also communicate vocally with some vocalizations heard more than a mile away, and they're all saying, don't pick me. <laughs> is this the last round? Yes. Because I would like to pitch for pandas. <laughs> yeah, get it over with. Yeah. We, they can barely survive. They won't even mate in captivity. It's like you, we're, it's, it's protected as you can be. So Hold on. Let me consult with the rules. You can't. Yeah, are, we, are we allowed to write in I pandas because they're too so dumb to I want to tell you something. <laughs> I want to tell you something. This is genuinely extraordinary because we had a meeting about this very game, about the kind of animals that we would use. Oh. And Kendra, our producer, made a very... A strong and chilling case for pandas. <laughs> Saying exactly the points that you're making, that they don't want to fuck, that they're uh, sometimes roll over on their own babies. Constantly. And they fall down tiny trees. Uh, so... <laughs> Like, you should see these motherfuckers trying to climb the skinniest tree and then tumbling down, and they never stop. I don't know who made them. We don't know who made them. Our great creator. Our great, <laughs> our great creator. God created. God created the panda, and now you'll have to decide. We should kill the monkeys, though. Yeah. Yeah, because we could devolve and become them again. I also feel like they're almost human enough where, yeah. like, people might let them vote. <laughs> and I don't trust the way they would vote. Honestly, that's a good point. It's a really good There's point. Inherent evil in them, you can tell because they are so closely related to us. Yes, yes. yes. I'm yes. saying, like, if they're dumber than the dumbest humans, I don't want them voting. Mm. 
It's so hard to say goodbye <laughs> to chimpanzee. Well, that's decided. That is decided. <laughs> say goodbye to the bonobo monkey. They're very sexual and they no longer exist. Well, Bye. let's. We have it, so where did we end up landing on? We got rid of the leopard, the octopus, and the bonobo monkey. Everyone that was a threat to us intelligence-wise. <laughs> yes. We got rid of the smartest creatures, and I think that that was smart of us. All right. Was that game fucked up? You bet it was. It's wrong across the board. <laughs> but it's not as fucked up as a fossil fuel company effectively co-opting Earth Day messaging about personal responsibility, and each individual person feel like they're the person who's responsible for fixing everything, even though our problems are structural and political. And the only way we'll actually make a difference is not by acting as if each of our individual carbon footprints are the answer when these evil companies are destroying the planet while we fight amongst ourselves about, you know, Disney and whether gay kids should be able to say, I'm gay in school in Florida, you know? Say it with me, no. <laughs> The point is, you can listen to the latest edition to the Crooked Network Hot Take, which premieres on Earth Day and explains this way better than I did. Earth Day should be about finding and destroying our enemies, because that's what living on Earth is all about. Earth Day 2022, kill or be killed. Everybody, subscribe to Hot Take. It's fantastic, and it's the environment and climate podcast that you've been waiting for. It's an incredibly funny, entertaining look at these issues in a really smart way, and you'll really like it. When we come back, it's time for some hot takes. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. And we're back. Check out Hot Take, the newest Crooked podcast that provides an honest look at the climate crisis and all the ways the media and society are talking and not talking about it. On the latest episode, hosts Mary Anais Hegler and Amy Westervelt break down the origins of Earth Day and name the biggest enemies in the fossil fuel industry. New episodes of Hot Take drop every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. Also, it's midterm madness. And listen, I don't like the way the news describes our chances in the midterms, but here's the thing. We need to do everything we can to fight back against a right-wing machine that sees a chance to take power. And we need to get every vote we can up and down the ballot in closed Senate races and in the local races that will have the biggest impact on our communities, like on school boards, and in many cases in the elections where they will put key people into election offices and local offices that will determine whether or not our election can be subverted or whether we can have a free and fair election in this country. That's why Vote Save America launched Midterm Madness. John, Tommy, Dan, and I each have a region, and each of those regions needs 10,000 volunteer signups over the next six weeks i am representing the east uh where we keep the best carbs <laughs> uh, and so i'm if you're listening to this and you are in the northeast of the united states or you want to work and help in the northeast you sign up with my team but if you want to sign up with the west the south or the or the midwest those are great too check out our brand new midterm madness hub where you'll be able to learn more about your regions and more ways to get involved right now sign up and receive actions you can take every week to get involved in the most important elections in 2022 from the senate to your school board go to votesaveamerica.com slash midterms do it today 
Now for a segment we call Hot Takes. This is how it works. Each of us will be given a deplorable take that we will have a minute to defend, to champion, to convince us you believe it, and to make us believe it too. We each get one skip. But beware, the next take may be worse. Uh, It says here that I kick it off. And I truly have not seen these, I swear. I have not seen any of these takes. They are new to me. They are new to the guests. It is a fair system. Right, Brian? Right, love it. (laughs) Thanks, Brian. (laughs) All right, let's see the first one. I'd rather eat week-old crudite than a Taco Bell Mexican pizza. Here is something that I believe. Week-old crudite is fantastic. Here's the thing. You can have fresh crudite, supple green celery, and cheese that isn't hard on the corners. But what better than an old platter that maybe has been in the fridge a while? Rather than consuming something hot and made of beans and cheese and meat with two layers of tostada that they only used on the Mexican pizza that they didn't use on any other dishes. It was only for that, where they cut it beautifully into four pieces. And then and when you were 17 and got your driver's license, you would time how fast you get to and from the Taco Bell by your house in Syosset, and it was 11 minutes there and nine minutes back because you drove like a fucking psycho. <laughs> and then your sister got mad that you got the car smelled like Taco Bell, so by the end, you would just hold it out the window while you drove home <laughs> instead of having friends. Thank you. Let's see who's up next. The Kardashians are meaningless, Marcy. Fuck. Everything is meaningless. And the Kardashians especially because they are symbolic of our whole society, right? I mean, we hate these women who've worked so hard. What's the point, right? <laughs> they can work hard forever. All you got to do is talk about the sex tape, so it doesn't matter. Uh, they can do as much philanthropy as they want. They can give back and they can get people out of jail. Who cares? Because their butts are fake and nothing else is real either, right? This is all an illusion and Kris Jenner controls it all. But one day she's going to die. Just like all of us, just like that fucking octopus and the leopard and whatever other animal we picked. None of it matters. It's all just pretty people that we pay attention to while we sit at home and eat food on our couch during a pandemic and we continue to be sad. Good night. <laughs> Jesus. Thank you, Marcy. That was important. That was, that was good and important. All right, let's see what's next. Danielle, you're up. Sharing your Netflix password is stealing from Netflix <laughs> and should be treated as such. I don't know if y'all knew this, but um, Netflix lost 200,000 subscribers. And it's because of the password sharing. I'm not fucking with this shit now. Stop sharing your passwords because I want to watch all my reality TV like selling sunset. Okay. And, um, is, uh... <laughs> is it cake? Uh, is it cake? <laughs> I set myself up because I really don't be watching reality TV like that. <laughs> but listen, Blackfish is my jam. And listen, I don't know if y'all saw Blackfish about that um, Tillicum and what SeaWorld did to Tillicum. And I really, for some reason, thought that was a metaphor for black people because they took that fish all the way over from Japan and brought him over to Orlando, Florida. So people that could be in cotton candy and popcorn, watching them do flips and dips, of course you're going to eat a human. Stop sharing yes. your damn password. 
stop sharing your bad words. Is Blackfish on Netflix? Yes, sure it, it is. is. Sure it is, Matt. It is. Sure it is. That was a metaphor. Sure it is. All right, well, I think Matt's up. Mm-hmm. It is not acceptable to send or receive nudes under any circumstances. Pass. <laughs> I find Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga's relationship gross and off-putting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. I think an argument could be made <laughs> that he doesn't know where he is. So I actually went to the taping of the Lady Gaga Tony Bennett special. And the man knows every single word to all of his songs. And it's he feels it, he gives it, he lives it. In between the songs, the only word he can say is wow. <laughs> that concerns me as someone looking out for him. I also feel there was something wrong with Eliza Minnelli of it all on the Oscars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I feel that she was not ready to be up there. And Lady Gaga is the threat. (laughs) Tell me something, girl. Why you messing with these older people? (laughs) Let them be. Let them be. Let them be. Let them be. There was something very interesting. I want to talk about this for one second. There was something very interesting... When Lady Gaga said something when she went on stage with Liza Minnelli, she said, as you all know, I'm always out here with these. And you're like, what word are you about to say? What bitch, what word are you about to say? And she's like, legends. legends. I was like, uh, you mean like people who are not totally copus mentis? <laughs> what a weird niche. <laughs> like, my, I only do duets with people who don't know where they are. <laughs> I'm only up here with people that you're nervous for. <laughs> It's really, especially after the slap, to then bring Liza out, it's like, our nerves are already shot. (laughs) It was wild. And it was just sort of like, there's a lot of people watching this and having the same feeling at the same time, which is like, just land it, land it. Yeah, land it. land that fucking, land that. It's a little cesta in a fucking hurricane. Do you think she just always wants to be their last performance? That way she can be in history books no matter what? I mean, Gaga, you're in the history books. You know what I mean? You said it in Gucci. History books. It's Remember that? It's never enough. It's never enough for her. I mean, Do you yeah. remember when she cried to her grandmother about her grandmother's daughter dying and her grandmother was like, yes, you've done this before. <laughs> there could be a hundred people in a room and 99 of them have their wits about them. But one of them is going to come on stage at Lady Gaga. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. Oh. Keep weed illegal. As we mark 420, the dumbest thing we do, I want to just remind everybody that marijuana currently is a very serious federal crime and should remain as such. And let me tell you why. (laughs) I think there are a lot of um, improv groups, all right, that are praying pretty fast and loose out there. And I think part of the problem is is it is marijuana. Um, The thing about weed is... At the end of every day, you are filled with a certain amount of anxiety because of being alive. Emails to respond to, the wrong thing you said, relationships you failed to tend to, problems you created and need to solve. And there's two things you can do. You can address those issues, or you can use edibles to push them off. 
I did that from 2013 to 2021. And I stand before you today as a person who said, well, that was fine. And the second I found edibles, my career took off like a fucking rocket ship. I wish it hadn't. Danielle, I had the same experience watching Blackfish. I, I, can't, be- I yeah. can't believe they did that to that poor fish. They did. They did. You guys weren't the was only racist. ones that had that experience. We all can't believe what they did to that poor fish. But it was different for me. <laughs> it was racist! It was racist. Look, I think we can all agree what they did to that whale was, most importantly, racist. When we come back... We'll end on a high note. And we're back. Now, here it is, the high note. Hi, John. This is Kate in Seattle. Wanted to share my high note this week to send along some hope. Um, I'm a volunteer with Moms Demand Action, and our Washington State Governor, Jay Inslee, recently signed a whole bunch of common-sense gun safety bills into law. Um, that we, along with a hardworking coalition of groups and our gun sense legislators, worked on, including, are you ready? It's a long list. <laughs> so we banned ghost guns, which can be printed 3D and evade background checks. We banned active shooter drills in Washington schools because we have an abundance of research showing that these shooter drills are traumatizing for children and staff. We prohibited guns at local government meetings and election voting facilities, so people can freely and safely exercise their First Amendment right to free speech and voting. We passed first-of-its-kind legislation to require schools statewide to promote secure gun storage. We banned high-capacity magazines with more than 10 rounds of ammunition. And then we secured $8.3 million in public funding to jumpstart a first-in-the-nation Washington Office of Firearm Safety and Violence Prevention. Um, so just, just, just a reminder that change is possible, one small action at a time, alongside everyone else in our community. Um, so together, we can and we will end gun violence. Hey, I need to say this during the live show in Austin with Levitt, but I want to be sure I stayed here. So after over 30 years of stress and tension, going to staying with Grimaud back and forth and spending an unspeakable amount of money that I have no hope of ever recovering, I'm glad to say that as of one month ago today, I'm a fully on citizen of the United States. I'll be voting for the first time this election, and I'm putting my vote towards Beto for Texas governor because screw you, Abbott, screw you, Ken Paxson, and for all the damage and hurt you have caused to the entire spectrum of humanity, especially minorities, and here's to hoping that someday no one has to go to the incomplete process I had to go through just to be recognized or appreciated. And keep fighting a good fight. Keep hope alive. Go Dreamers. Thank you. Hi, love it. This is Abdullah from San Jose calling with my high note. I'm a public school teacher, and recently our school started allowing the students to um, vote for basically teacher of the month. And at our most recent staff meeting, the school notified me that the students had voted for me to be the teacher of the month. Um, I basically got super awkward and sarcastic because I was raised by immigrant parents and have no way of processing sincere compliments. Um, and so I played it off like it was nothing, but it really didn't mean a lot to me for the students to vote for me. Uh, and if that wasn't enough, um, also this last month, I got to see your show at the Castro when my very thoughtful girlfriend 
surprised me with tickets and it was hilarious. Uh, in fact, at one point you started bragging about your really high LSAT score and I was very tempted to do my best Tucker Carlson impersonation and demand to see your LSAT scores, but I was worried you wouldn't get that I was pretending to be Tucker Carlson and just think I was a huge jerk. And if you thought I was a huge jerk, that would devastate me to my core. So I didn't say anything. Anyways, I just want to say thank you for everything you do. Love your show. Okay, bye. Hi, love it. This is Shelby from Austin, Texas. And my high note for the week was being able to be together with my family for Passover Seder. I went to my brother's house where we had a delicious brisket. And instead of finding the Alfie Coleman, I accidentally found his poppers. Thank you all at Crooked Media for what you do. And thank you for the weekly news and laughs. Bye. Thanks to everybody who shared High Notes tonight. If you want to leave us a message about something that gave you hope, call us at 213-262-4427. That's our show. Thank you once again to Matt Rogers, Marcy Jaro, and Danielle Pinnock. There are 199 days until the 2022 midterm elections. Have a great weekend. Love It or Leave It is a Crooked Media production. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett, and Lee Eisenberg. Kendra James is our senior producer, and Brian Semmel is our producer. Hallie Keeper is our head writer, and Jocelyn Kaufman, Pullaby Gunalan, and Peter Miller are the writers. Bill Lance is our editor, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designers, Jesse McLean and Caroline Haywood, for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And to our digital producers, Norm Elkonian, Milo Kim, Mia Kelman, and Matt DeGroot, for filming and editing video each week so you can. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.